Take your Bibles, mobile phone that has a Bible, lift it up. Everyone, say this after me. Lord Jesus, influence me this morning. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will speak to us, reveal your heart in such a way that we will never going to go back the way we came in. We will come one more step closer to you, Father. And all God's people say in Yeshua's name, Amen. Okay, so this morning I'm going to share something that is not going to finish today. It's going to continue. It's a two-week series. And I want to talk about something called, uh, everybody knows this subject when I start talking, but not everyone understands where they are at. So it's called uh, my timeline with Jesus. Everyone has a timeline. So like I have a BC life and uh, after Christ's life. My BC life was quite messed up. Everyone has a BC life before Christ's life, right? And our BC life is quite messy. Our BC life is, is not so proudfully talk about. You know, it's quite ugly. The one good thing about BC life is Christ loved me when I am still mess. That's the one ray of hope. The rest is all quite a mess. Okay, so the timeline with Jesus I want to share is, why? Because everyone starts, you know, quite mess up and then they encounter Jesus and when they come to know Jesus, they believe Jesus came in their hearts and started living, there is a relationship, they, then they realize Christianity is no more a religion, it's a relationship. But then at certain point in life, religion kind of kicks in again or they kind of realize that Christianity is just, I'm just saved going to church and, uh, and do my life. You know, and that's how I was taught. I was raised. I was raised more like that. You know, you you gave your life to the Lord. Then probably you get baptism, and then the Holy Spirit fills you up. Then you part of a nice church, and then get your job, and uh, get married, and settle, and this cycle continues. Which is not necessarily bad, but I think this is not how the kingdom designs. So I'm going to give you five stages. We're going to do only two today. And then God willing on the 17th, we will do the rest three. So this is the first one. He calls me, he qualifies me, he equips me, he empowers me and he commissions me. These are the five stages. Okay. So look up into the screen. You can read this after me. He calls me. Okay. He qualifies me. He equips me. He empowers me. He commissions me. Okay, empowering call anointing. And what is anointing? God's ability and power in me to do things that I cannot do on my own. So the first two only we are going to talk. Calls and qualifies. The rest equips, empowers and commissions. We will talk, God willing, on the 17th. Why? Because I just don't want to squeeze everything on 45 minutes and then you will have it all here and maybe some notes, but then nothing gets into your system. My prayer is, it gets into your system. When it gets into your system, it changes you. Let's go a little bit deeper. What happens when he calls me? I have written down, his call reveals his purpose. That came to realize that, wow, I am not just an accident. You may be an accident to your family or to your parents. You know, sometimes I heard parents talking to other parents. We never expected this child. And then the child will be like, hmm, that's why I'm treated like this. You get my point? So this settles the score. His call reveals his purpose. We'll come back to that. What does it mean? So his qualification defines who I am. Say this after me. It's on the screen. His call reveals his purpose. 
His qualification defines who I am and his equipping tells me that I am original and unique. That means I am not a fake. You know today what is the opposite of original? Chinese. It's no more duplicate. If you ask anywhere, you're going to ask what's the opposite of original? If you ask the guy who's selling stuff, Chinese. Of course, the original also is made in China, but you know what I mean. So the fourth one is, his empowering seals me with his anointing power. And finally, his commissioning sends me with authority to the nations. So the last three, we can squeeze it somehow by God's grace, I believe in it, to on the 17th. But these first two, I believe it's a foundational one. Many Christians don't realize. Let me say this. Let me withdraw a few steps back. If you don't know your calling, everybody's opinion is going to be your call. Why? Because if you don't know what's your purpose in life, everybody is going to define a purpose for you. Especially we live in an Indian culture, we are surrounded with opinions. Okay, My wife was traveling another day from Bombay to Chennai on the way back from Spain and uh, there's a guy telling her how to handle Hasha. You should carry her like this. You should hold her like this. Because she was crying because it's a 24 hours flight. You know, she had layovers and it was, and she was like, uh, called me and said, Charles, now I realize I'm in India. <laughs> wow. I didn't realize until then, until one uncle started telling me how should I carry my own daughter. So this is what it happens. Okay, let's quickly run these two things. We're going to do his call and his qualification. So and then we're going to do a prophetic declaration that will settle our spirit because the spirit and mind needs to be connected so that we can see it in the action in the body. Number one, he calls me. So let's read Romans 1 verse 1. It's a beautiful scripture that defines the entire confusion about calling. It says like this, Paul, a born servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God. Okay, I want you to all look at the screen and read it louder. Can we do that? Paul, a born servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God. We are going to unpack this verse and see how the Lord leads in terms of calling. Next one. There are three types of calling. One is commitment calling, the second one is career calling and the last one is the life calling. These are the words we sometimes know it but we don't know how to articulate it. So my job here is to make it easier for people to understand so that they can put it in practice. So the goal is not to show off, oh I preached well. The goal is to see that you received well and you transferred it well in your system. These are the three types of calling. I'm going to unpack it. This is going to take a little longer and then we'll jump into the next part of our qualification. So commitment calling. What is a commitment calling? This is again, we're going to keep that verse as a reference. What was the reference? I, Paul, a bond servant. So is there any other translation uh, somebody can read? Here it says, a servant of Jesus. Paul, a servant of Jesus, called to be an apostle. Okay, the servant and a bond servant, it's pretty much... We don't realize because we are not in that culture. We live in a culture where we have maids who come and help us, but it's more like domestic maids. You give her money and then she comes and does the chores and goes off. But bond servant basically means in those days you can buy people with your money. 
so and they work for you for a certain amount of time when the contract is over you can either release them or the guy says you know what i've been here all my life i really don't want to go so i want to be you know with you forever so what do you do you take that guy take to the door post and you put a hole on the ears which symbolically talks about that this guy is from now on belongs to me so paul was saying that's the words he is using you remember paul is writing to a culture that time where slavery was considered legal in the bible lot of things mentioned it doesn't mean bible is affirming those things bible works with broken people you get my point god works with broken people like us there are slave owners you remember the story of onesimus and philemon slave owners paul was once a dictatorian was killing people massacring people so god doesn't affirm those things the leftist kind of takes this and say oh there is slavery in the bible so you must affirm slavery no god doesn't affirm slavery god works with broken people to bring his purpose so here paul using that word he is saying i am a bond servant i am a slave what does that mean it talks about the first one is the commitment calling in other words he is telling that my commitment here is to preach the gospel that's all my life i may change my career but my commitment never changes you understand so people sometimes say i don't know what is my calling your calling is to serve the lord your calling is to preach the gospel your calling is to show the world that jesus really lives in and through you that never changes that's called the bond servant say i am a bond servant of jesus what does a bond servant do he is committed he is committed to the master for life why because this master took him into a place where now he belongs to him our life belongs to jesus amen so that's called the commitment calling the commitment calling is place where you realize my whole life that's why when the two get married they ask this question right are you going to be staying together faithful until death or life apart they are not asking you know are you going to make him a coffee in the morning are you going to make all those uh, puttu like a satellite rocket this is not what they are they are asking are they asking is what commitment are you going to stick together even when things goes wrong amen so that's the first one second one career calling and then he explains paul a servant of jesus called to be an apostle you see he didn't get the title apostle 5 years ago he got the title after he came to know jesus what is an apostle apostle means to be sent to preach the gospel that's called apostle it's nothing to do with your title definition that's not the point apostle means to be sent okay everyone has an apostolic ministry to be sent to go somewhere so he says apostle of jesus that's your gifts and your talents that's in your dna nobody has got that it's unique of you who you are you know some of you are good in singing some of you are good in playing music some of you are good in organizing some of you are good in praying intercession praying is actually a gift some people can pray for hours there was a guy in america he started the call lee ungel he can fast and pray for number of days 40 days fast he has done at least 25 times complete fast it's not like only juice 
but the food is actually sometimes for some people the juice is like a semi liquid <laughs> anything not chewable is it's okay if i chew then it's not a <laughs> you know what i mean so i remember going to one house for prayer and then the pastor saw one little boy getting out every time during fasting prayer after the fasting prayer they want to go and eat and then they found out there is only rice is there sambar is gone then they found out this guy almost drank the entire sambar and then the pastor rebuked him why you drank you told me not to eat look i didn't chew anything it just went slowly inside you understand so some people are gifted in prayer some people are gifted in fasting and interceding you know there is a guy he's going to come to the school of the holy spirit a very short guy i came to realize pastor anup is only 26 or 27 years old and uh, this man can stay for days without food days without food and that's a gift for some people for some people they can stay days with food that's also a gift for some people we are not comparing gifts okay it's your unique gifts okay so career calling career calling is an apostle this title will change you know that's why i wrote down here life calling life calling means set apart or separated for the gospel of jesus that means forever it will continue for all your life so here this three types are mentioned very clearly that means that your career can change i wrote down here but your calling never changes that means today paul can be called apostle tomorrow he could be called the father he says there are lots of teachers or there are very few fathers and the next day he calls himself like i am a servant so your career can change today you know dr justin is doing his masters is is one is going through the program but in 5 years down the road he is not going to be the same he probably will have his clinic and practicing and or maybe in after 20 years down the road he is probably going to delegate that to someone and then take on the mantle of preaching the gospel i'm not prophesying i'm not sharing the timeline of what is going to be faster or earlier or slower but the career will change all of us for the last 10 years i was a missionary i was going around preaching the gospel that's what i was doing the lord told me when i turned 39 around 40 the lord told me you're going to stop traveling you're going to not use vellore as a residence you're going to start something here i will still release you but your primary ministry is here we kind of need to call people and say hey we won't be able to come now we won't be able to go anymore and uh, and then we said lord how are you going to open doors what are we going to do nobody knows us and then the lord slowly opened doors and the rest is history we are here almost going to be a year now so he said the next 10 years you invest in the city to see my glory comes so so after that i don't know who's going to run papa's house but that's not my job to worry my job is to continue serving my king amen sometimes when you hold on to position which i'm going to come in a minute it robs our purpose so let's go a little deeper what is life calling life calling is not your provision i will read couple of scriptures second samuel chapter 15 verse 1 and 2 sometimes people say if i god calls me he provides me then i will do this but sometimes provision does not mean god has really called you to do this provision could be a trap let's read some example for that second samuel 15 verses 1 and 
and for in the course of time Absalom provided himself with a chariot and horses with 50 men to run ahead of him he would get up early and stand by the side of the road leading to the city gate wherever anyone come with a complaint to be placed before the king for decision Absalom would call to him and say what town are you from he would answer your servant is from the tribes of Israel and then he would say then Absalom would say to him Look your claims are valid and proper but there is no representative of the king to hear you and then he would say if i only have i was appointed judge in the land then everyone who has complaint or case could come to me and i would see that they would receive justice okay what's the point here the point here is this guy he wants to become king he wants to define his calling through a position lot of times people will say when i arrive to that position then my calling is fulfilled it's wrong Okay so he provided for himself a position what is the position he want to manipulate people what is manipulation manipulation is half truth for your own selfish purpose so if i have to manipulate what i am doing i am not walking in the fruit of the spirit i am using my own selfish motives what happens here with absalom absalom he saw his dad there was a relationship with dad and him was not so good so he said okay i'm going to uh, do something so he would sit on the prominent place in the city gate those days they have city gates if you go to germany and spain some villages still have the ancient old city gates and they won't close it but you can see them that's how they used to have they used to have a fort and city gates so people will be coming through the city gates for doing business and stuff like that so he would talk to them and say hey Come on what's your case and they would say i need to do this and then i wish i could be the leader man i could solve this issue what does that mean you are trying to gain something that god hasn't released in your life you understand the point so your life calling is not your provision so i wrote down here the moral is if you manipulate to get it you have to manipulate to keep it listen lots of time in the christian circle this happens people manipulate you they manipulate you by giving titles manipulate you by giving you opportunities but that's why you have to have the spirit of discernment inside i call them gps what is gps god's power system we all have gps inside of us and that gps will lead us into a place where this person is actually helping me to come closer to the lord or i'm being distracted by the call of god in my life are you, are you following me because the number one weapon enemy uses now is distraction he uses distraction to deviate us so that we will not focus on the very destiny that god has for us how many of you believe that you have a destiny a divine destiny that only you can fulfill that nobody else can fulfill because everybody's position has been taken only your position is still there that's the number one so your life calling is not your provision number 2 life calling is not your position so first samuel 16 12 it says so jesse sent for him and he was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes uh, I, i think they are describing myself here uh, and and the lord said this is the one anoint him it's not a joke i don't know why you are laughing huh? okay so the first one life calling is not your position and the second one is life calling is not your provision what is position position is where people try to manipulate you by giving you a position so that they can keep you under control in leash i want to challenge you that's why i really don't believe in titles 
I don't believe in position. Why? Because those things are functions. They are not identity. You see, pastor, I'm a pastor. That does not mean it's my identity. My identity does not come from in what I do, but in who I am. Are you following me? My identity does not come from in what I do or what I am going to be achieving. My identity is rooted in Christ. Ephesians 2, 6 says, I am seated next to him. So that's my identity. Listen to this beautiful verse. 1 Samuel 16, 12. Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome with the beautiful eyes. And the Lord said, this is the one anoint him. Okay. Look. Saul messed up. Okay. So, what happens? Samuel anoints David. He says, you're going to be the king. But there are things that Samuel deliberately avoids. What was the thing he avoids? 3,000 people of Saul is going to run after you for your life. He deliberately avoids that. You're going to be going through five stages in your life. Bethlehem, Adullam, Gibeah, Hebron. And then finally in Zion, there are five stages you will be going through. Samuel deliberately not says those things, but he just says you're going to be the next king. But you know what happened with David? He cultivated this beautiful relationship. That's why God called him. You are a man after my own heart. You know what he said? He said, okay, that's not going to define who I am. I am going to be stay connected with the Lord. That's why when Saul was messing up with David's life, he was this close. He said, I will not touch the Lord's anointed. Why? Because for him, position does not define his calling. His calling is defined in the identity of who he is in Christ. My friends, if David can do without the revelation of Jesus and Holy Spirit, how much more you and me should be doing? Today, it's such a mess in the terms of calling. People don't understand it very clearly. So they just look for, okay, I got a better position, I'm going to go and serve. Listen to me. If you are going after people's opinions, one day you will be the most dissatisfied person on planet earth. Don't run after. Let the Holy Spirit confirm the things that are happening in your heart. Amen? So let me give you the life principle. It's not there here. If we don't fight for position, we don't fight for position, we focus for his presence. That's the life principle. It's not there. The first one, your life calling is not your position. What is the principle? We don't fight for position, we fight for his presence. Look at me. Many people are misunderstand. People think the presence of God is the fourth person of the Trinity. People sometimes believe presence means, oh, I just need to feel it. No, presence of God is the abiding sense of peace and joy in you when everything around you is chaotic. That's the presence of God. And the presence of God is so fragile that he will never stay in an unholy place. Again, when we talk about unholiness, we have a list. And the list goes like this. I didn't sleep with girls. I didn't smoke. I didn't drink. But there is another kind of unholiness the kingdom of God explains. Which gossip, slander, backbiting, unforgiveness, bitterness, fear. Displaying yourself better than others. These are all also things that really doesn't please the Holy Spirit. So I want to challenge you guys to really think about where the Holy Spirit is leading you. Ask yourself this question like, God... 
am i being motivated by my position am i being motivated by what people say the opinions or i am being motivated and been satisfied what who you are in my life and who i am in you this is the foundational stuff but many times we mess it up you see we live in a performance culture right we are taught to perform well india is actually one of the top 5 countries in terms of brain drain culture you know the term brain drain they suck it all the good stuff from you because the best of the minds they say not works in india they work outside india because there is so much lucrative jobs only those who have a sacrificial heart end up staying here you are in the medical field you know this what i'm talking about the same job you are doing 16 hours in cmc if you do it in states or in europe you will be making at least 6 to 7 times more i'm not exaggerating yes or no but the point is we are driven to a point of performance this has to happen this has to happen but my challenge is guys the most important thing is not what we do is how we are so connected with the presence of god you see moses his presence of god made him in such a way that people could not see his face he had a veil imagine a guy wearing a veil that didn't happen in the first encounter according to my bible moses has been five times to the mountain what does that mean he has constantly connecting it's not like i did three days fasting now let me send my love letter to that girl i have heard friends saying that three days fasting brother and the ponnu andra totruvar so this is the reality many times people want instant gratification i want to do this so let me plug in get this go to the seminar plug in get my stuff go to the conference plug in get my stuff no listen if you don't abide in christ there will be no fruit and someone said i think it was benin or joyce mayer i can't remember he said god cannot communicate when you have human communication what does it mean you're having your phone with you you're saying oh i want to receive and then suddenly whatsapp messages and you are looking at it and then receive no you are receiving only messages from here not from you get my point so that's why i tend to turn it off all the other communications why because the most important communication i want in my life is with my father amen so your calling first one is what is not your position so we don't fight for position we focus on the presence of god your calling is not your provision that means if you manipulate to get it you will manipulate to keep it the third one your calling is your pursuit what does that mean acts chapter 13 verse 36 says david served the lord the purpose of god in his generation second samuel 11 verse 1 and 2 says it's a very fantastic scripture if you look at the scripture the whole scripture talks about the fall of david when he messed up with bethsheba one pastor said you know what is the bethsheba means it's actually sheba who was bathing so that's why it's called bathsheba so they have their own interpretation <laughs> which is not true okay <laughs> our people come up with creative ideas and interpretation anyway so second uh, samuel verses 11 1 and 2 says like this in the spring of time when the kings go off to war circle this verse when the kings go off to war what does that mean there are certain things in your life you are called to pursue 
You are called to keep moving forward. But if you don't do that, what happens? You get stuck. You get drifted. You get sidetracked. You get messed up. This is what happens. In the spring of time, when the kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with his kingsmen and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed and besieged Rabbah. But David remained in Jerusalem. And then what happens? You see, kings go off. David remained. One evening, David got up from his bed and walked around the roof of the palace. What does that mean? There is no purpose. He was just roaming around. They were supposed to pursue a dream. What is the number one goal God gave to the Israelites? That you will be a head and not a tail. That's a promise from the Lord. That you will go and conquer. That nations will come and serve you. So David's goal is to pursue the dream that God has. What David did? Ah, you go. That's called complacency. You stay in one place. Everything has arrived. I got my job. Now I became permanent. I have my desired salary. Now my kids are all going to college. There is no debt. Relax. And that is a dangerous pit. What happened here? David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. When the roof, he saw a young woman bathing. And the woman was very beautiful. And you know the story. And he brought in, had, not only he slept with her, he tried to kill her husband and then the whole stuff. And then that's how Psalms 51 came. He said, please don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and the sinners will come back to you. So David's story turned out to be good. But not many people's story turned out to be good. Many people lose focus and they get distracted. And they get stuck. This is the principle I wrote down here. The principle is, when you don't pursue your calling, you get stuck. You get stuck and you get drifted. That means you're just wandering like zombies, walking dead. It's just living there. What's your life? I don't know. I'm a Christian. You know, go around and ask, do some little research. I do that all the time. When I sit with people, one of the most exciting questions that I like to ask for people is, what would you like to do with your life? I always ask people who know me, they know, how would you like to do in your life? I'll ask them, how do you see yourself 10 years from now? How do you see yourself five years from now? What is the dream God is birthing in you? What are something that you would like to do? I always ask. Some people feel so uncomfortable to share. But I push them to a place where they can think and ask and share. You know what? This is something in our heart. And I will say, let's pray for this. Let's trust the Holy Spirit. Why? Because they have some goal to move forward. And sadly, some people will say, one pastor got so offended when I asked him, what's your vision? What vision? Jesus is coming soon, what vision? I am not kidding. In Tamil, it's even more sweeter to hear. I am trying to translate this. What vision? Jesus is coming soon, vision, vision. Mandila hmm. You understand? So some people get lost in this thing and they realize that they get drifted. And when you get drifted, what happens? everything becomes easy for your life. You see, you were supposed to go after taking down the kingdoms, making sure the kingdom that God has called him to rule is to thrive. But he was just roaming around. No purpose. He stayed there. This is what someone said. If you praise, God will raise you up. If you complain, you remain. 
Sometimes people get stuck and they just remain. And they just don't move around. They're stuck. And then everybody's opinion becomes their opinion. And then people will say, you can do this? Yeah, I can do this. Listen, visionless people will do everything. People with vision. You know Virat Kohli? The guy, I admire him so much. Not because beautiful personality or whatever. But there's one thing about him. He keeps his physical body so fit that Indian cricket team after so many years become the best fielders. You know, before that, you hit a four, because they won't even bend down. Because, you know, when you bend down, all the porotas they had was blocking them. Virat Kohli, you know, he carries a juicer with him all the time. If you notice Virat Kohli's advertisement, he will never advertise for any junk food. You pay attention to that. Next time you turn on a video or a television, you look at it, he will never advertise. He will always advertise something health-wise. Amitabh Pachan was advertising for Coca-Cola and then his intestine almost spoiled. Now he is removed from that. So he goes on and advertises only healthy stuff. These guys, they always carry their own juicer. So they won't even drink the Tropicana juice. They will make their own juices. Paul says, for an earthly price, if a guy can beat and win the price, how much more we should be? Ask yourself this three simple question. What book I am reading? What friends I am associating? What food I am putting in my body? Hello? There are four kinds of food. Poison, junk food, normal food, super food. Poison you eat, immediately you die. Nobody eats poison. Junk food, lace, you know all those nonsense, junk food, you slowly you die. You will be eating, one day you will be like, And the third one is a normal food. And the fourth one is super food. Some super foods are available now. You see, there are certain things God changed. I used to be a big fat guy. People who know me, God said to me, it's like, the pastor is nodding the head, yes, Thambi, because he knows me from 24. So this is one thing the Lord said. Be careful in the food. This is the temple of the Holy Spirit. If the temple of the Holy Spirit, you are carrying, how you should be carrying, you know? Like, if you buy a shoe, Nike shoe for 6,000 rupees, you won't walk in Long Bazaar when there was rain with full of mud. Will you walk with that 6,000 Nike shoe? No, you won't walk that. But with temple of the Holy Spirit, it doesn't matter. Whatever you eat. It's like a big recycle bin. Nobody wants it, let me finish it. And that's how I was. And one day the Lord clarified that. So I got victory in that area. Second area was one of the victory God gave me was what do you put in your mind? I used to watch hours and hours of television. We took off television even from our home. We don't even have a TV. Why? Because it's junk. If you watch the serials, it's all junk. Mother-in-law trying to kill daughter-in-law. Daughter-in-law trying to run away with another one. He's having an affair. This is You watch that and you look at your own family, it's it's like such a depressing. And that's why some families, the in-laws become outlaws. Why? Because you start watching nonsense stuff. I started asking myself the question, what book I am reading? 
at least 10 books a year one book in a month you know they made a research that they come to realize people who graduate from university and they will never read 80% of the people who graduate from university never read one book in their life afterwards what book are you reading where are you pushing yourself okay and who are your friends you get my point these three things defines you are going somewhere if you are saying what book i am i am always very annoying with my staff i bring i ask them in the morning bring your book show me which page are you right now one week from now where you have progressed sometimes i can see their face is smiling inside there is they are doing warfare but it's fine i told them when you leave from here when you want to go you want to go to the next level not like you stayed in papa's house everything is gone no that's my challenge for you what book are you reading third one who is adding value in your life we talked about in life group on the other day who is adding value in your life show some people that can add value in your life so when you don't pursue your calling you get drifted this is the calling part second one he qualifies me qualifies part is god doesn't call the equipped he equips the called you might have heard the statement very profound statement but let's go a little deeper colossians 1:12 it says giving thanks to the father joyfully who has qualified you and share the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light what does that mean god as the one who qualified you i i found this interesting article and i thought it will be so nice to finish off by showing this to you guys the next time when you have pretty party just remember this part we all think i am not qualified number one lie of the enemy that tells you you are not qualified put your hand on your heart and say from now on tell your name from now on i charles i'm qualified and you know who qualifies me his name is jesus he is the one who qualifies you many times we don't realize that let me go through this list it's a fun list noah became drunk abraham was too old isaac was a daydreamer jacob was a liar joseph was abused by his brothers moses had a stuttering problem and gideon was afraid samson was a womanizer rahab was a prostitute jeremiah and timothy were considered too young for ministry sometimes people tell you oh you cannot do this you are too young david had an adulterous affair and was a murderer elijah panicked at a threat of a woman and he was almost suicidal he said lord take me away i don't want to live here and isaiah served god 3 years naked do you know that that's a good information right next time you want to name a baby your child think about it okay so jonah ran away from god and then nahomi was a widow job went bankrupt john the baptist ate bugs i mean he must be from thailand i guess peter denied jesus three times the disciples they were sleeping when the master asked him on his crucial time please pray with me martha was worried about everything the samaritan woman was repeatedly divorced and in still God used her to be a witness in the village. Zacchaeus was too small. Paul was too religious and extremist. And Timothy had an ulcer. That's why Paul has to say, drink some wine or something. And Lazarus was dead. Listen to this list. No excuses. God can use you to full potential beginning with where you are right now in your life. Besides you are in the message you are the messenger remember the wonderful words of paul who considered himself the chief of sinners he said i can do all things through christ who strengthens me 
I didn't make up this. There was a unknown author. And I was thinking, when I read this list, I was thinking how many times I was pity partying myself. I can't do this. I am a Tamilian. I grew up in Villur. People say, oh, I am like this because I, my mama ate ice cream when she was pregnant with me. I am like this because my dad dropped a hammer when I, when I was three years old. I am like this because I am from Tamil Nadu. I am like this because I am from India. I am like this because I am from a poor family. Listen, stop all your pity party. Jesus has qualified you. Amen. His qualification empowers you. So these are the two things we need to remember. He called me. He qualifies me. Amen. He called me. Life calling, career calling, commitment calling. You understand? My career may change, but I am committed to preach the gospel. What is the qualification? The blood of Jesus. The day you receive Jesus in your heart, you are qualified. Qualified. That doesn't mean you can do everything correctly. You will do mistakes. If someone said, I never failed, you know what does that mean? They are the person who never tried anything. I don't like to work with people who have never tried anything. I would like to work with people who say, you know what, I tried, didn't work. I tried, didn't work. I, but I, one day, I made it up. Amen? I want you to do this. 1 Corinthians 26, 29. Go home and remember this. Meditate on this word. Paul kind of admonishes the Corinthian church by saying, God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to confound the things that are strong. God chose the low things of the world and the despised things so nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. In other translation says, no flesh can boast before him. I still remember looking back at my own life. I will never realize every time when I go to a new country to preach the gospel, I'm thinking, why me, Lord? I'm not the most qualified person according to the world. But somehow, when his word is pronounced over your life, that's what it matters. That's what it matters. At the end of the day, his word, he says that to you, hold it. Keep it in your heart. Everything around you goes very bad, messed up, hold it on. When God said to me, you will go to the nations and preach the gospel, that time my family was going through severe financial crisis. The only slipper I can afford at the time was a Hawaii slipper for 10 rupees. And that was the season that God opened doors for me to go to Andaman. So when I arrived there, I need 2,000 rupees as the boarding for the, the, the ship and everything. I didn't have that 2,000 rupees. But the Lord opened doors miraculously. And since then I look back, I tell all my friends, people say, oh, you little by little stuffs are coming in your life. I said, everything is provided by God. When he calls you, he qualifies you. When he qualifies you, he anoints you. He anoints you, he equips you. He equips you, he commissions you. Amen. But the first thing is, you need to understand our calling. That's why we spend a lot of time there. We're going to do one prophetical declaration. I want you to all stand up. But let me finish off by saying this life principle. I am defined by my creator and nobody else. This is the powerful prophetic declaration. I want you to declare this over your soul. We're going to read this five declarations. Where is the word I, you can tell your name. Let's do this. Charles 
have complete union with Christ through the sacrifice of his son Jesus Christ Charles I am unique and important body in the body of Christ with unique gifts and callings we live in the supernatural abundance in every area of my life with a naturally supernatural papa god i choose his plans and purpose than wandering on on my own to get stuck i am called to be a light salt hope so that others can get out of darkness misery and hopelessness this is the point god has called us to be a salt light and hope but we cannot be a salt light and hope if we really don't know where we are so i want to challenge you to think when you go home like my calling is to serve him my career may be different but my committed to serve him forever and i am qualified not because what i did i'm qualified because what he did in my life and these two let's keep it in our hearts amen Thank you.